but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. Again, Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shipra and Pua. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives, Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. Verses 15 to 22, Exodus chapter 1. In Exodus chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months, for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attention, excuse me, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for, she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Verses 1 through 10, Exodus chapter 2. Father, we thank you once again for the fact that you are El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. 
You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You're sovereign over all of our lives and all of the circumstances of our lives. You're bigger than any other ruler in the world, any king. You're God. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You're King of the universe. Thank you for being El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Lord, thank you for the fact that you've called us out of the world and into a new relationship with you and one another. And you've called us also to be bold witnesses for Christ and bold witnesses for life as well. Lord, more and more open our eyes to see that though we're so grateful for the fact that by your grace and by your mercy, you allowed Roe v. Wade to be overturned, yet there's so much more work to be done. More and more open the eyes of the church and of pastors and leaders to recognize that there's so much more work to be done, so much more um, needs that need to be addressed in addressing the life issue in view of the fact that sadly still in our nation, taking the life of precious, innocent, unborn children is still legal in too many places. Help us, Lord, to do what you would have us to do to help bring that tragedy of abortion to an end. Guide us, Lord, in being your hands and feet in this world to accomplish just that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Uh, Again, you're listening to the Hour of Intercession, and our producer is Isaac Jackson. Thanks for being a part of our listening family. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We share articles, or if you're just wanting to be in touch in any capacity, you're welcome to give us an, uh, an e- send us an email. We'll be glad to try to respond. And, of course, when we share articles, we're glad to send them to you. Simply uh, email us and let us know the title of the article you'd like to receive, article or articles, plural, that you'd like to receive. We're glad to share them. That's a part of why we invite you to do this, because the articles we share typically are They're evangelism and discipleship tools to help you in your walk with the Lord, to help you to become a better equipped disciple of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, again, feel free to email us to get any and all the articles we may share. Or if you have a question or any other matter you'd like to be in touch with us, again, joseph at afr.net. We hope to hear from you. Today we're looking specifically at the topic, A Bold Witness for Christ and for life. Again, a bold witness for Christ and for life. And we're looking at the reality that, uh, again, we're grateful to the Lord for the fact that by his grace and mercy, Roe v. Wade was overturned, and that was a wonderful thing. It was a good thing in every way. Yet, sadly, still, even beyond the overturning of Roe v. Wade, still abortion is legal in too many places in our nation. And so, Part of our goal is to encourage you as an individual believer and to encourage us as the church to continue to boldly continue the fight. There's so much more to be done, and there's so much work that has yet to be carried out. Yet there are too many believers that it it seems are sort of laid back in their whole understanding of the need for us to continue to be bold witnesses for life. There's a great need for us to continue to support important pro-life ministries that are still on the front lines of standing for life and against abortion, on the front lines of coming alongside and helping women who find themselves expecting a baby at a tough time in life, ministries that are ministering to these individuals and their families in the ways that the church needs to be ministering to them. Keep in mind, pregnancy clinics and so many other ministries, they're the hands and feet of Jesus. They're extensions of the church, and we're wise to see them not as apart from the church, but simply portions or extensions of the 
the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so again, today we're looking at the topic, a bold witness for Christ and for life. And also, I'll be sharing some about the journey we continue. Uh, Many of you may recall that my wife, Birdie, and I have had the privilege of helping to spearhead launching a mobile medical pregnancy ministry in the Mississippi Delta. And we're just a few days away from our official launch. And so the ministry has already been operating in the Delta, and we've had the privilege and honor of being able to minister to a number of women who find themselves, who have found themselves expecting a child at a tough time. And it's been an encouraging journey, but our official launch is again just next week. And so we're asking all of our listeners, please pray for the Lord to anoint our launch day, which, which is the 22nd of this month. And Pray for God's anointing to be on the ministry and for the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to accomplish all he desires to accomplish through that initial day and for the Lord to bless us and help us as a ministry to move forward to do the work the Lord has called us to as his hands and feet in the Mississippi Delta. Thank you again, Father, for how that you, by your mercy and your grace, you've raised up the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center ministry to be uh, a tool and a vessel through which you can share the through which the gospel of Jesus Christ will be shared, a vessel through which the work of discipleship will go forward, and a vessel through which the love of Jesus will be shown to young moms, their babies, and their whole families, and when they, as they find themselves in times of need and times of challenge in their life. Help us more and more to be all that you'd have us to be, and Lord, more and more raise up individuals and churches that will come alongside to help this, this work to go forward as you would have it to go forward. Anoint the ministry with a fresh and mighty anointing. Set it on fire, fresh of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we're believing you, Lord, to continue to do miraculous things as you've already done and continue to do. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. But let me say this to every listener. Keep in mind, every one of us, whether we live in a a state or a community that is uh, abortion-free or not, the fact is, as a nation... Sadly, there are many places where persons can still go and get surgical abortions. But also keep in mind, because of the tragedy of chemical abortions, women can still get abortions in all 50 states. Now, it's, it's really important that we understand this whole matter from a Bible perspective. Remember, God's Word is the bottom line for everything. God's perspective is the bottom line for everything. And it's important that we understand that as well. So I want to share some articles that help help us help to illustrate some of the important truths that we as believers need to be mindful of as it relates to this issue. Uh, and so the first, uh, the first article, now keep in mind too, sometimes the topics may seem harsh or heavy, but you know what? What's important is that we know the truth. Remember God's word lets us know you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. It's God's truth that helps set us free. And so Even when it may sound on the harsh side, remember, truth is what helps us. Truth is what guides us. Truth is what helps us know the will of God and to carry it out. This first article is entitled, Abortion, First Degree Murder. In the book of Exodus, chapter 20, the Lord gave us the Ten Commandments. These were ten foundational truths that would bless us, our families, that would bless us, our families, our society, and our world if we would adhere to them and choose to live by the wisdom found in those commandments. They were given for our good and to make life better for us. These commandments honor God and bless the people who live according to them. To violate them is to dishonor God and to bring trouble, difficulty, and death upon the disobedient. 
It is in our best interest to hear, obey, and live by each of the Ten Commandments. Each one blesses our lives in a different and an important way. The Sixth Commandment says, You shall not murder. This commandment, this commandment, perhaps more than any other commandment, has extreme consequences when it is violated. One key reason is when the commandment, you shall not murder, is violated, a human being is taken out of this world. An individual made in the image of God is no longer in this world as a result of the action of one or more human beings. Abortion is a form of murder, plain and simple. More specifically, abortion is first-degree murder. It's not accidental, but typically well-planned, sadly. Tragically, there's much deception, misleading, and lies around the tragedy of abortion. Sadly, many who say they're believers are taking the word murder and seeking to substitute it with words like abortion, reproductive rights, and euthanasia. It's important that we understand the fact is, no matter what we rename it, abortion is still first-degree murder. It's important that we seek to know and understand the truth as it relates to this matter. Remember that murder, no matter how you change its name, it's still murder. Yet whatever name you give the act of taking innocent life, it still is clearly wrong according to the Word of God. Abortion is murder, and it's clearly against the Word and the will of God. Sadly, because this specific kind of murder is repackaged and rebranded and sold to our culture with a brand new face and cover, so many have bought into it. So much so that now it's been stated that one out of every three or four women have had an abortion in our culture. Sadly, in so many ways, we've become a nation of murderers. That's a very harsh way to put it, one might say. Well, sometimes the hard truth hurts. Sometimes it's a very hard pill to swallow. Yet sometimes being faced with the hard truth head on helps us to wake up and see where we are and what we are. We'll pick up on the other side. Again, the title of that article was Abortion, First Degree Murder. We'll be right back. I 
that day comes And I find myself Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I would do Is forever Forever worship you I can only imagine, yeah I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory One will my heart feel Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine, yeah, I can only imagine. Music from Mercy Me with I Can Only Imagine. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as today we're looking at the overall topic, a bold witness for Christ and for life. And I was sharing from an article entitled, Abortion, First Degree Murder. Picking up, the sixth commandment says, you shall not murder. This commandment, perhaps more than any other commandment, has extreme consequences when it is violated. One key reason is, when it's violated, a human being is taken out of this world. An individual made in the image of God is no longer in this world as a result of the actions of one or more other human beings. Abortion is a form of murder, plain and simple. More specifically, abortion is first-degree murder. It's not accidental, but typically well-planned. Tragically, there's much deception, misleading, and the lie and lots of lies surrounding the tragedy of abortion. Sadly, many who say they are believers and are taking many who say they are believers are taking the word murder and seeking to substitute it with words like abortion, reproductive rights, and euthanasia. It's important that we seek to try to know what's true and what's not true, what honors God and what doesn't honor God. And when people try to take the word murder and rename it so it's more acceptable, what a tragedy that really is. Yet whatever name you give the act of taking innocent life, it's still clearly wrong according to the word of God. Murder is, bur- m- murder is murder no matter what name you place on it. Abortion is a form of murder. It's clearly against the word of God and the will of God. Sadly, because this specific kind of murder was repackaged and rebranded and sold to our culture with a brand new face and cover, so many have bought into it. So much so much so that now it's been stated that one out of every three or four women has had an abortion. We, we in so many ways, have become a nation of murderers. That's a very harsh way to put it, one might say. Well, sometimes the hard truth hurts. Sometimes it's a very hard pill to swallow. Yet sometimes being faced with the hard truth head-on helps us to wake up and see where we are and what we are. Now, the God we serve is merciful, and he's full of loving kindness and forgiveness. He clearly told us in his word, if we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. We serve a wonderful Heavenly Father who majors in forgiveness. Our job is to confess when we've done wrong, repent of it, and ask Him to forgive us. And He will certainly do it. He always keeps His word. So, is abortion really first-degree murder? Yes, it is. And there are already laws on the books against that. God's word never changes. We did. We allowed ourselves to be deceived and lulled to sleep. So what should we do? We need to be wise enough, bold enough, and committed enough to say that we've been wrong about the whole matter of abortion. It always has and always will be wrong to commit first-degree murder. God's word will never change. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 tells us, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Again, the title of that article, Abortion, First Degree Murder. And if you'd like to get a copy, simply email us again, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. I'm going to share next an article by the title, The Bible, Life, and Abortion. And in this article, we'll be looking specifically at what some of what the Bible, and, and it's very significant too, some of what the Word of God has to say about the issues of God's Word, life, and abortion. Again, the title of the article The Bible, Life, and Abortion. What exactly does the Bible say about life, standing for life, and the abortion issue? Does it say anything about these issues, or is it silent? Does it tell us anything about God's perspective and thinking about life and the taking of the life of innocent children? Actually, the Word of God has a lot to say about these issues. Do you know what God's will and thoughts are about these matters? Just look in his book. One definition of abortion is the deliberate murder of a child in the womb of its mother. Another definition is the taking of the life of an innocent baby. The following are passages from the Word of God that give us God's counsel, his thoughts, and his will concerning life, abortion, and the taking of innocent life. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 to 20. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him, for he is your life and the length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 to 20. Then Exodus chapter 20, verse 13 you shall not murder. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 12. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Again, Proverbs chapter 24, 24, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth 
judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Again, I'm going to read those again. Again, Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Again, Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. And then Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abominable thing that the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. For they even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 20 to 21. And you took your sons and your daughters, whom you had borne to me. And these you sacrificed to them to be devoured. Were your whoring so small a matter that you slaughtered my children and delivered them up as an offering by fire to them? Again, Ezekiel 16, verses 20 and 21. Then Psalm 106, verses 37 through 38. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Again, Psalm 106, verses 37 to 38. Then Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 35. They built the high places of Baal in the valley of the son of Hinnom to offer up their sons and daughters to Molech, though I did not command them, nor did it enter into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 35. Then 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 tells us, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. In Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 to 22, in Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 to 18, God's Word tells us of two governmental leaders, two kings who for sad, cruel, and selfish reasons gave orders to slaughter innocent little boys. By their power and authority, their orders were carried out. Tragically, we still have governmental leaders who continue to approve of killing innocent babies in the womb. This is not an exhaustive listing of the scriptures that speak to the issue of life, standing up for life and standing against the tragedy of abortion. These are just a few, but they're enough to help you see what God clearly thinks about the issues concerning life and standing for life standing against abortion. What should be our response to the insights God's Word gives us of His will, His perspective, and His thoughts on these issues? A wise and correct response on the part of believers in the church is that we get passionately involved in aggressively and passionately standing for life. What can believers do to walk out a passion and commitment to the cause of life? Here are a few ways to get involved. Number one, find your local pregnancy center and volunteer your time to help in their ministry. Give financially to one or more local pregnancy centers. Pray for the ministry of your local pregnancy centers. Inquire about the possibility of your church putting the local pregnancy center into its church budget. Uh, Also, find out other pro-life ministries that are on the front lines doing important work. Number two, take the time and effort to research and learn about active pro-life ministries that are doing great work to stand for life, save babies, and help in legalized abortion. 
And number three, educate yourself about every facet of the issues surrounding life and abortion. Sadly, there's much ignorance, apathy, and misinformation about the life issue and about abortion. So many issues concerning chemical abortion, abortion pill reversal, and so many other issues are issues that critically need to be learned about and addressed by the church. Great is the need for the church to become educated spiritually and otherwise about these issues and issues surrounding life. Every believer is encouraged to pray and ask God how he wants you to get involved. Your help is greatly needed in this battle. And every day counts. Can God count on you? Again, the title of that article, The Bible, Life, and Abortion. If you'd like to get a copy, once again, we're encouraging you to email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And keep in mind, every article that we share is meant to be a tool to help equip you to be a better equipped disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and servant and vessel that he can use to help Further the work of standing for truth and standing for life as well. Hope that you will do that then. Uh, We want to share a third article entitled, Post-Row, What Does a Pro-Life Church Look Like? Again, Post-Row, What Does a Pro-Life Church Look Like? In the aftermath of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, what should a pro-life church look like? What are some of the priorities attributes and perspectives of a local church which seeks to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our nation today as it addresses life issues. This question is a very important one. And a very important companion question is this. Am I really seeking to honor the Lord in doing what he would have me to do as an individual disciple of Christ to help stand for life? Well, an individual church family and each individual within it should prayerfully consider and possibly seek to live out several important characteristics. Again, the goal is for you to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want my local church to do as well? A pro-life church needs to be a praying church. It's a church that seeks God faithfully in prayer as a lifestyle. Through prayer, they help to usher in the presence of God into that local fellowship. They share the heart and the mind of God with the cult. They can share the heart and the mind of God and the truths of God with a culture that desperately needs to hear it. It can help a church family and an individual believer to both ask and receive the answer to another important question. The question the Apostle Paul made immediately after he first met Christ in Acts chapter 9, verse 6, is a wise one for any and all believers to pray Lord, what do you want me to do? The church should seek God's heart by asking the same question. The church knows that prayer is crucial. Uh, We'll pick up on the other side again. The title of that article was Post Row. What does a pro-life church look like? You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back. I gotta trust 
But there's only one decision How to live, how to love Jesus because You are God and you're the God of my choices Speak to me and I will run to your voice Here I am in the noise Won't you lead me in my choices My choices I believe that faith is nothing If it isn't everything Every heartbeat, every moment Whatever this day brings This song I will sing You are God and you're the God of my choices Speak to me Music of JJ Weeks with Choices. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, A Bold Witness for Christ and for Life. And we're sharing from an article entitled, Post Row, What Does a Pro-Life Church Look Like? Picking up once again. It can help a church family and an, indiv- and an individual believer to both ask and receive the answer to another important question. The question the Apostle Paul made immediately after he met Christ in Acts chapter 9, verse 6. It's a wise uh, prayer for all believers to pray. Lord, what do you want me to do? The church should seek God's heart by asking the very same question as a local church family. It knows prayer is crucial. A church that's involved in this kind of prayer and spiritual warfare will be working with God's power to change help change women's minds as they pray and intercede on their behalf, even after that woman may have entered an abortion clinic. Often it may lead to a woman deciding, I can't do this, and leaving even after she's walked through the doors of such a clinic. A pro-life church is wise to be a humble church, yet the question needs to ask, what is humility and what does it mean to be humble? Real biblical humility is complete submission to the word and the will of God. It's a church that will pray and ask God about placing a local pregnancy center and or other pro-life ministries into its monthly budget and into its mission budget. They will educate themselves on the issues related to life and minister to those affected by the realities surrounding the life issue. It's a church that will prayerfully consider encouraging members to volunteer at a local pregnancy center or volunteer for pro-life ministry work in any or some different capacities. It's a church that would prayerfully consider supporting a baby clothes closet with diapers, clothes, wipes, and other items needed for young moms and their babies. It's a church that will prayerfully consider becoming a sanctuary church. They will help moms who find themselves expecting a baby at a difficult time, a house of refuge church. They will come alongside a mother who feels all alone and will walk with her through her term of pregnancy and beyond. They will prayerfully become like family with the love and support a mother may not have from her own biological family. 
It's a church that will learn about important pro-life outreach ministries that are doing vital work to end legalized abortion in different ways. It will sacrificially and faithfully support such ministries with their prayers and their finances. It's a church that is wise and informed enough to know and understand it should in no way rest until abortion is once again illegal in every state in our nation. Post-Roe, as before and always, the church should seek to faithfully follow God and his ways. The church should seek to be a church full of the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, and the loving kindness of God. Praise God for the reality that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. That was a great blessing from the hand of God. The reality is that Roe v. Wade should have never happened in the first place. It legalized the tragi- it tragically legalized the murder of babies in their mother's wombs. Now that it has been overturned, it's important that we understand that our work is far from over. It is, in fact, just beginning. Let us, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, faithfully roll up our sleeves. Excuse me, faithfully roll up our sleeves. Let us have a renewed commitment to help save the lives of women and babies and their families. Let's get to work. Again, the title of that article, Post Row, What Does a Pro-Life Church Look Like? Again, if you'd like to get a copy, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And this uh, final article that we want to share is one that, uh, a testimonial about our ministry that we're la- that has been launched in the Mississippi Delta. It's entitled, His Hands and Feet in the Mississippi Delta. God is doing wonderful things in the Mississippi Delta. Allow me to share an exciting testimony of what the Lord just did in the last several days and how he's reached through the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center ministry in part to do it. One of our young clients, a precious young mom, has such a powerful testimony of how the Lord has demonstrated his eternal love for her and her whole family. Um, Patricia, which of course is a, uh, a pseudonym name, Patricia was apparently a desperate young mother, so desperate that she had driven across a number of states from her home in the Mississippi Delta to get a surgical abortion. While she was far from home in another state, though her goal was to get an abortion, something else happened, something wonderful. She accidentally ran into the arms of Jesus. God sent a wonderful servant of the Lord from the national ministry, Love Life, along her path. This person persuaded her to keep her baby. Also, the same person shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with Patricia, and Patricia received Christ as her Lord and Savior. Patricia then proceeded to head back home, yet didn't even have enough gas to get back to Mississippi. Well, uh, representatives from the ministry Love Life contacted an individual in Mississippi who in turn contacted our ministry, the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center Ministry. By God's grace, we were able to connect with Patricia and with the assistance of, assistance of one or more other Love Life ministry people, we were able to help her get gas money to make it back home to the Mississippi Delta. Soon my wife, Birdie, and I had the privilege of meeting Patricia in person. We got to meet with her, pray with her, and visit with her and minister to her. Patricia right away let us know that she really wanted to get her own place to live. She and her children were living together with her mom in her mother's home. Fast forward a few months and Patricia gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. 
a handsome and very special little guy. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for the life that was born. We continue to be in touch with Patricia and pray with her over a period of months. Just in the just within the last few weeks, we were in touch with her and asked how we could pray for her. She shared, I found an apartment. I just need a little financial help to get into it. Well, to make a long story short, we, along with assistance from a local church, were able to help her uh, do financially what she needed to do, and Patricia got her apartment. Praise God, praise God, praise God. She was so excited, she texted me a picture of the keys to her new apartment, and she sent a number of additional texts expressing her excitement and gratitude to the Lord for what he had done. But you know who I believe was even more excited than Patricia? I believe God was. I believe that God wanted Patricia to know that he loved her so much that he died on the cross to save her and that he wanted her to know, Patricia, trust me and I'll take care of you, your baby, and your whole family. And that's what God did and is doing. And again, by God's grace, that brought that beautiful story was brought about by his mercy and grace and he allowed the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center ministry to be a part of that beautiful story. And brothers and sisters, this story illustrates what the mission of this ministry is about in so many other pregnancy clinics across the country, helping to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with young moms and their families while also helping to save babies. We'd like to encourage you to find your local pregnancy care center. Also, please, please pray daily for its work and ministry and consider volunteering in some way or just calling them up and asking, what can I do? Also, pray, pray about becoming a monthly giver to help with the work and mission of the Pregnancy Center. We would ask that you please prayerfully consider becoming a faithful prayer partner even with our ministry as well, praying for the work and ministry of the Pregnancy Care and Hope Center ministry in the Mississippi Delta. Our website is deltapchc.org. Again, that's deltapchc.org. Also, please pray about becoming a monthly financial partner with us as well. Every seed of any size helps the mission to go forward. The Pregnancy Care and Hope Center Ministries, again, again, the website is deltapchc.org. Again, the title of that article is The Hand, excuse me, His Hands and Feet in the Mississippi Delta. And if you'd like to get a copy of this article or any of the articles, of course, we've shared several articles today. If you want to get a copy of any or all of the articles we share today, Simply email me, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. But again, whatever else you do, we're encouraging you, don't stay on the sidelines. It's so important that even though the life issue may not seem to be in the news as much as it once was, the fact is it's critical that we keep in mind that our goal is to help end all abortions because the reality is every abortion is a tragedy. It aborts a precious life that God sent into the world as a gift to the world and a gift for the kingdom of God as well as a gift to a family. And again, so every abortion is a tragedy. But every time a baby is saved, wonderful things happen because a life that God created to come forth to be a blessing to the world makes its debut into the world. Let's be about our Father's business. Lord, thank you for the opportunity you give every one of us to do our part, to do whatever it is you're calling us to do to help stand boldly for life and stand against the tragedy of abortion. Father, help us to recognize, Lord, that the work 
is far from over. There's so much more to be done that you're calling many people to, to volunteer at local uh, pregnancy centers or to volunteer their time and energy at other types of pro-life ministries. You're calling believers to give financially to support the work of pro-life ministries on the front line, including pregnancy centers. But also you're calling some people to start local pregnancy clinics or local pregnancy ministries in communities where there are none. Lord, there's so many things that all of us can do to help support these wonderful ministries. And Lord, help us to recognize that sadly, too many pregnancy clinics are poorly funded and need so much more help. Move upon many local churches to decide that they'll find their local pregnancy clinics and put them in their budget and pray for them every day and help to provide for the clothes, the baby clothes closets and all the needs that are out there. Help us to know, Lord, that there's so much work to be done, but you're able to move your people to do all that needs to be done to get the work done according to your perfect will. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never made the eternally important decision of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Today is a great day to make that all-important decision. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply, with me right now, pray this prayer and fully commit your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Help me to read your word daily. Help me to pray daily. Help me to follow you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to connect with you, to be in touch with you. Please email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We would like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and become vibrant and strong in your new walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please, please let us hear from you. Again, our email joseph at afr.net again that's joseph at afr.net we hope to hear from you also if you'd like to get copies of any of the articles that we shared uh, on the broadcast today same email joseph at afr.net we'd be glad to do that again the titles of the articles included abortion first degree murder the bible life and abortion post row what does a pro-life church look like and then finally his hands and feet in the mississippi delta you'd like to copy of one or all four of the articles, simply email us again, joseph at afr.net. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.